You're listening to Clouser on Business. Thanks for coming back. I'm Clouser, your host. Thanks for being with us today. Appreciate all the great response to our latest podcast, uh, Emerging Technologies, and also John Lee's podcast on Where Are My Sales People? Some uh, good feedback that those podcasts were helpful and uh, enlightening. Well, Heidi Bird's in the studio uh, with me today. Uh, welcome, Heidi. Hi, Klauser. So what's uh, going on in your business life these days? Well, I'm in a little bit of a project fog, um, just trying to get out a project due next week for a client. It's a pretty big one, so in the, I guess, final countdown to getting another one out the door, which always is exciting and very, very busy. Long hours. Mm-hmm. So is that a good thing or a bad thing? It depends on the day. <laughs> Thankfully, right now, I'm feeling relaxed, so you caught me in a good hour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we'll get there soon. Uh, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, one of those things in business that sometimes you have to put your nose to the grindstone. So, Klauser, um, what's been happening, you know, in your neck of the woods on your mind in business uh, of late? Well, there's always a lot of things on my mind uh, business-wise. But, you know, I was, uh, I was coming home from uh, uh, dinner the other night, and um, there's been, like, probably three or four restaurants that have gone out of business uh uh, in the area that uh, my uh, wife and I live in, and um, so that you know, it's always it's always interesting to find out, and you know, a lot of times you, know, you never do find out uh, why a business goes out goes out of business. But uh, there are some uh, uh, there are certain you know certain common common reasons, but a, you know, a restaurant especially uh, you know could be the lease was up, could be the you know, it could be a lot of things. You just could have been it just uh, was not as profitable, and the, the fare on the menu, uh, you know, uh, you know, lost its momentum or whatever. But uh, you know, I'm always taken back by uh, businesses that are uh, that I'm familiar with, and and some nationally uh, uh, recognized uh, businesses that you wake up one morning and you find out that someone's shut the doors and 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 they've just you know gone out of business just unexpected unexpectedly you, you know especially uh ones that just had a you know really prominence in the marketplace and it uh you know uh kind of reminds me of um uh this is going to be my theory anyway it kind of reminds me of a a phenomenon that uh happened on in the farming communities and it still does happen in the farming communities and uh, that's uh, where hay, you know, sometimes when hay is produced, uh, when it's too moist, baled and then put up in the uh, uh, hay barn, um, there's a, uh, a reaction that takes place. Uh, and I want to I refer to, uh, I can't explain it, but uh, someone from uh, Purdue University uh, can explain it better than I can. And I found this article... It's uh, back in uh, was published back in 2014 uh, by um, uh, by Purdue University and and one of the agronomists there, and in the article is just about that wet hay may cause a a, a barn fire, and so uh, the you know the article explains that uh, if the hay's not given enough time to dry out in the field before it's baled and stored uh, prematurely, uh, heat tolerant uh, microorganisms develop 
within the bells and high numbers raising the temperature. And I'm quoting from the article here. When the temperature gets to 150 degrees Fahrenheit, hay is entering the danger zone, and the stacked hay should be taken apart to allow more air movement, you know, to cool the heated bells. Uh, the author, um, uh, Keith Johnson, was saying in this uh, article, or being quoted in the article anyway, once the temperature reaches 200 degrees Fahrenheit, a fire is very likely. Well, uh, what I was thinking was a farmer, you know, bales the hay. And this, and this happens to uh, not only novice farmers, but it happens to farmers that have been farming all their lives. Uh, and so they, they, so it doesn't matter maybe the technical background or the experience. Uh, it's just out there and it, it could possibly happen. So I was thinking, you know, how, how did, you know, how does that relate to business? And I'm thinking that a lot of times business owners and management people uh, just go about their, uh, you know, their daily responsibilities, their duties and whatever, and there's things happening all around them that they're not even probably aware of. And, um, and I've got maybe three or four here that I'm going to propose, but um, I'll get, I want to get, uh, get back to the hay for a second. So the farmer, the farmer goes about his business, puts his hay up, go, you know, he has other responsibilities to do. And, uh, then not knowing that there's a catastrophe, I'm speaking of the one where there would be a barn, you know, the hay was put up too wet and, uh, you know, looks out the window one night or wakes up in the morning and his barn is burnt to the ground or it's on fire or whatever. And so I was trying to relate this to, uh, to, to business. And what I'd like to suggest or propose is that uh, some, some common reasons that might be similar with a business, you know, an owner, an owner just for whatever reason um, comes in one morning and he's out of business. And, you know, why is that? Or a company that we've known for a long time goes out of business. Well, uh, I've got, you know, maybe five reasons here, and I'll, I'll be quick with these. Uh, one is losing focus and taking hands off the wheel. You know, uh, you know businesses of all sizes have, have a beginning where sweat, no money, and time seem like enough. Somehow these businesses and owners work through the time and become sustainable and ultimately successful. I can't blame, you know, a business owner or management wanting to enjoy their success. But too frequently, the two hands that were clutched to the wheel at the beginning of the business are no longer even touching the wheel. The attention becomes focused on things and distractions. And, and things aren't bad. Don't get me wrong. I, you know, I think you need, uh, as a business owner uh, or, in, you know, if you're in management, I think you need to celebrate and be able to enjoy the fruits of your labor. But... That, that has to be a balanced uh, thing in your life. Uh, and, and I know, especially for entrepreneurial type of business owners, that you can't really hand that off to somebody else because at that point in the evolution of your business, um, you know, you, know you they just don't under, the person you'd try to put it, put it in the hands of just doesn't understand who you are and they're, and they're not you, so they don't have the same you know, the same amount of passion. You know, and Heidi, you can join in with me here if you have a comment or... Yeah, no, I agree with you so far. I mean, you've got to have those two hands on the wheel for certain. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, second thing I was thinking was outgrowing or outspending your cash flow. Uh, many business owners and management personnel become complacent once an entity reaches a certain plateau in revenues and earnings. You know, it took diligent, diligence on everyone's part to make the success happen. Then, for reasons unknown to me, management goes away from using the tools and policies and begin to buy other companies or get, in the, get out of their core business area. And as in point number one, maybe they get distracted with uh, having something they didn't have before, and now they, they, you know, they want to enjoy it. But uh, budgets are thrown out the window, and you know, once again, we're flying by the seat of our pants. Um, you know, the, the consideration, you know, it, the, can my company service the debt it's got itself into, that sort of thing. Then one day the revenues, back to the barn scenario, and how one day uh, the revenues fall, that longtime customer quits you and they go out of business. And it might have just been that, uh, or might be that we're not keeping in touch with our customers and uh, we've gone about doing other things thinking we've got ABC company locked up and have them locked up forever. And, and uh, you know, it may just not be the case and uh, end up at a major portion of your revenues gone. Uh, the other thing, you've, and you've heard me say it here, and, uh, and you've read it and heard it other places, cash is king. It takes cash to fuel your business, and uh, cash is important to have when being approached with new opportunities. Having cash in the bank will get you through hard times, but it will also give you a tremendous oppor- be, put you in a tremendous place uh, in good times when opportunities arise. So a question on this one for you. Um, do you think, you know, outgrowing or outspending your cash flow, is that a result of mainly, you know, just maybe getting into new areas of business where you're not trained or don't have necessarily the manpower to do it? Or um, is it maybe just that you think that you can outgrow the pace at which your company is willing to grow with it in terms of staff? Well, I think uh, that's that's an excellent question, and I think a lot of it is that uh, when new ventures are, uh, uh, when you go into a new venture, you know, what's it really going to, you know, cost me? You know, do I have, will I have enough cash flow to support uh, what what I think I want to do? But but I would just say even for an ongoing ongoing business that cash management, treasury management still is the number one thing. I mean, uh you know, I don't. You know, from the pricing something correctly to collecting your money, getting billings done on time, and then having some uh, uh, excess cash in the bank for what we were just talking about in terms of uh, getting us through the hard times. Something else I think it goes along with this too is uh, keeping enough retained earnings in a company uh, for the future. You know, don't drain your company by taking out too much now you know, plan for the future and live, you know, live a balanced life both within and, you know, outside your business. And uh, I would uh, encourage business owners and, and, you know, management people that have a lot of uh, families that are relying on them, you know, and I'm guilty of this too, is sometimes I'm thinking about doing something, but, you know, stop and think, how's this going to affect all those that are relying on you to be a successful company that have a paycheck every two weeks or, and they've got, you know, children and, uh, you know, they have their own resp- you know, res- financial responsibilities as well. And they're counting, counting on us to make good decisions. So it's not just necessarily about the opportunity at hand or what we're, how we're going to do things. 
Um, yes, you get you know, that's obviously the the uh, in the end game, but at the same time, um, you just can't make you know lackadaisical or haphazard decisions, uh, you know, because you want to, you know. So, yeah, I love that point. Yeah. Just from being a good steward from in your business in terms of making sure that your employees are okay. That's a great piece of advice for all mm -hmm. of us to think about. Well, thank you. Uh, uh, next one I had was not paying attention to uh, industry or market changes and not knowing, you know, what the what your competitors are up to. Many times I've seen companies reach a certain plateau and management begins thinking they can't be touched. Uh, please remember that that markets change, your customers' businesses change and finally never underestimate your competition every business has a weak point and it's likely that your competitor will find what it is and market against it and on market changes i think the you know we have so many uh, uh, technological advances today that certain things just change so quickly and if uh, you know if the iphone and some of the things we have in our uh, you know, on the computer side of things, isn't an example. I don't know what is, but uh, you need to. But you need to keep up with changes. And I'm. I just always think about the Kodak, uh, Kodak company, who actually developed and developed the digital camera. And uh, I think they got confused as to what business they were in, so they shelved the technology for the digital camera because they thought. Uh, uh, they were in the film business, and I think they were actually in, you know, in the photography business, which the digital camera would have, you know, would have been a part of. And but they, uh, from the little bit I know about it, those days did wasn't aware of really where, where the market was going, and uh, you know what was all the things that were going to happen. Yeah, I think what's really interesting about that too is that a lot of people at Kodak thought. This was in the middle of the heyday when people were starting to get their own really big cameras. Um, and like there was almost a certain niche market of people who were going to become amateur photographers. And so they were buying these huge lenses from Kodak. And meanwhile, at the same time, in the, their own back pocket, they had the technology. They could have probably merged with like, you know, the iPhone or something like that to create some sort of technology or at least be a competitor. Mm -hmm. Very interesting example. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking, you know, other, you know, like Blockbuster or whatever uh, is another example of the quickly changing uh, marketplace. So how do you go about combating that? I mean, do you have uh, somebody on your team uh, who looks at business intelligence uh, in your market? Or if you can't have a devoted FTE for that particular case, how do you go about, you know, making sure you're keeping your pulse on your industry? Well, I, well, I think you have, you know, you have staff that does that, or you work with a company that uh, finds that information out for you, or whatever. You remember the guest we had, Doug Porter, the uh, gentleman who developed the fly gun? Yeah. Shoot the flies off your plate. Yeah. Uh, I mean, base, uh, that's basically what his company does: um, is help people, maybe even. Uh, if this is correct, reinvent the current technologies they have to where they can be tweaked or, uh, or whatever to stay, yeah. to stay up with uh, the marketplace. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the next one I had uh, was the deterioration of the workplace culture. And, you know, and I think this is a big one because um, back when a company, you know, was getting started or whatever, it just, um, you know, I think there's a, 
a uh, really fine-tuned methods when we hire people. I mean, we're looking to hire just the best fit for us right now because we got this new thing and we, you know, we got a tight budget, so we got to do our best to get the right person, whatever. So then we get the company going, and uh, and all of a sudden we start forgetting about the importance of the people that are um, that are working for us. Yeah, I think culture is a really interesting thing, especially when you're talking about. Uh, going back to your analogy about the farmer and not knowing that his barn could potentially burn down. I mean, you shouldn't always go about your business during the day and forget about the people who are actively helping you um, run a successful business, right? So don't turn your eye and then, you know, notice that, hey, you know, all of a sudden people are just talking about how they really don't like working here or something like that. I mean, all of that you know, they're kind of holding up the barn in a way. And so if that's starting to deteriorate, as you said, or kind of start to lower your the height of the barn, so to speak, um, that's a big, I think it's a big worry for some people. And you should keep an eye on that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think going back to the article uh, uh, from Purdue here, the uh, Mr. Johnson was saying uh, growers should monitor the temperature of their stored hay and notify their, their local fire department of any potentially dangerous heat buildup. So let's use at least the first half of that uh, advice is I think business owners and management people need to be continually, c- continuously monitoring the temperature of their culture. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about and had guests on before that are talked about, uh, you know, what, what do you do to keep your people engaged? What are you doing to invest in the people that are working for you? I mean, do they are they aware of what your goals for your company are, or what the corporate goals are? Uh, are they invited to you know for input or you know or whatever? But most importantly, do you, I mean, do you know you know who your people are? Yeah, and the interesting thing about that, all the takeaways that I've had from people and other podcasts um, that we've had before on this subject is that it's not all about the paycheck people culture is about you know building that um as you said the having input or just having some sort of knowledge about what the goals are of the company the mission of the company all those little things the intangibles that get people kind of fired up to go to work every day yeah and i think i I just think when uh, companies don't pay attention to their employees as much as they should you know the employees uh you know they start thinking, well, management or ownership doesn't care about me. And I think this leads to, you know, less engaged employees, obviously, and poor production and maybe a non-caring attitude. But I would say beware that outside people, your customers and those that have relationships with your company, know that's happening because they can sense it in how they're responded to. They can sense it in the attitude of the people and wanting to help them. And, you know, we're all, we're all human humans, and eventually someone's going to say something neg- negative or complain about, you know, I wish things were better here, or I wish they would do this or do that or whatever. And then so soon you have people leaving, and now, the, now when you want to hire someone of, um, you know, of a particular skill set or whatever, the company all of a sudden has become uh, less attractive to prospective uh, hires. Um, and I know from experience that non-caring, a non-caring environment will push customers away. You know, as I was saying, they, 
are, you know, we're pretty smart as people and uh, whatever. But anyway, so back to the analogy between <laughs> the barn and whatever and the burning hay barn and your business is uh, this, I mean, this is the encouragement I would give is be sure to be paying attention to those things we don't see. The farmer doesn't even see or smell what's going on inside that hay barn that may be tomorrow or five days. And, and it's pretty interesting that the uh, gentleman that was quoted in this article, uh, you know, said uh, that most people would think this would happen in a quick amount of time. A lot, sometimes it can take a month, two months for this re uh, reaction to happen. My encouragement or uh, advice on the business front is, you know, these things that we've talked about here in the podcast could happen at any time that could be something that could really hurt your business and cause it to go to go out of business. And so even though you can't see it and you can't smell it, you need to be aware of, uh, you know, of what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. Great advice, Glauser. Thank you for that wrap-up. Um, so this was a short podcast today. Um, but I hope that this has been really helpful for everyone. And I think for the first time ever, I'm going to do the outtakes here. So please remember to tell all of your friends about us. We're on iTunes, TuneIn, Podbean, Stitcher, CastBox, Downcast, and always at clouseronbusiness.com. Well, all for now. You've been listening to Clouser on Business. <laughs>